0: Off the highway, driving into Banff, you pass the Vermilion Lakes. They're a series of spring-fed, shallow lakes, and a paved road takes you along the edges of them. Depending on the time of year, you'll probably see people cycling this path, others out on the water in canoes or kayaks, and photographers, professionals and hobbyists alike, at the water's edge, snapping the view of Mount Rundle at dawn, or the many birds that frequent this place.
1: Just usually at the beginning of the season, May and I guess early June, she would come down here and she would she would hunt.
0: Stacy Sardoretto is she one would, of those photographers.
1: She would go on t- to goose nest and eat the eggs, and she'd kind of have a root because This is
0: one of the spots the he comes to to take nature photos in hunt. his spare time. So. He's been doing this for about
1: probably four years ago now, and I've lived in Banff for uh, thirty years, so um, it's really been educational for me. It's been an eye opener.
0: Sometimes, he'd see Bear 148 while out on one of his photo walks.
1: For such a notorious bear, bear, I'm out all the time, and I saw her three times, maybe.
0: These lakes were one of the spots that Bear 148 would come looking for food. Like those goose eggs Stacy was mentioning, Stacy knows a lot of the bears in the park by name. I
1: hope you get to see him. He's a beautiful bear. I'm
0: learning from him as we walk and talk.
1: He shares the latest
0: gossip with me about a blonde male grizzly that some locals have nicknamed Romeo because of his courtships.
1: A lady killer.
0: When Bear 148 came out of hibernation in the spring of 2017, Stacy was following her story.
1: It just really sucked that... 148 crossed the border and then she paid for it.
0: For the narwhal, this is Bear 148. I'm Molly Siegel. On this episode, I'm going to introduce you to some of the people who followed Bear 148's story closely. People in Banff and Canmore. People who were invested in this bear's life. Not just the people making decisions about the bear. These were people watching how things were unfolding, people like Stacy following the news stories about bear 148's encounters Stacy didn't recognize the bear he says he knew
1: that felt a bad time everybody was really out to to get 148 she coexists around millions of people for so many years it's you know it's hard not to have encounters with her. And I don't think she ever was very aggressive with people. I think she let people know that she was uncomfortable with them being close to her.
0: Like many people in Banff and Canmore, he felt like he had to do something. So he started a Facebook page, the Bear 148 Appreciation Group.
1: I wanted to know more about 148 and that's part of the reason I did it. And when we started that, it was just try to change all that negativity and maybe maybe as a local tell tell our side of it.
0: Following Bear 148's story.
1: I think I really reacted when they they talked about euthanizing her. It made me kind of angry inside. I just, I, I didn't feel like they were giving her a chance. She's in the park, they're protecting her, and then all of a sudden she walks into Canmore and all of a sudden she's public enemy number one.
0: Even though Banff National Park is really big, lots of that is up high and is rock and ice. So, the places where bears live their lives, where they find food, often overlaps with the places where people like to be as well, like Valley Bottoms, which is where the town of Banff is built. In the summer of 2017, Bear 148 was seen outside of Banff National Park, 20 kilometres east, down the valley, in the town of Canmore. During the summer, a grizzly bear's goal is to get fat for a winter of hibernating. And in Canmore, Bear 148 found a lot of buffalo berries, which is a plant native to this area that grizzly bears like to eat. There, she was going about her days eating as much food as she could. But she comes across people a lot while she's trying to just eat food. And behind the scenes, this had Parks Canada and Alberta Environment and Parks trying to figure out what to do about that.
1: When they were, you know, when Parks got together and... Alberta Parks got together and Alberta Fish and Wildlife got together and they were trying to keep an eye on her, protect her, get her, you know, hopefully she would come back into the park. You know, I thought that was a really nice step and I thought it was really proactive. And then all of a sudden they just, you know, almost secretively, that's, yeah, we've, we've translocated her, she's gone and, uh, you know, and here she is in this, this great grizzly habitat, but also this great hunter habitat. It's just tragic.
0: In early July 2017, Alberta Environment and Parks decided to move Bear 148 from Canmore back to part of her home range, Kootenay National Park, just west of Banff. But she came back to Canmore and kept having interactions with people. And then, in late July, she was translocated. A translocation means Bear 148 was taken far away from the places she knew. Nearly 500 kilometers northwest to Kakwa Wildland Provincial Park in Alberta. This is where, a couple months later, she wandered into British Columbia and was legally shot by a hunter. And all of that hit Stacy hard.
1: From my point of view, it, it didn't seem like they really gave her a chance. What's going to happen is eventually are we going to be getting all, get rid of all of our bears? Is, you know, is it just going to be, well, that bear is too close, let's get rid of it.
2: It happens every couple of years here in Canberra. We have a bear come through and, and you, you get lots of warnings or closures and then things happen or a bear in Banff and it happens and then
0: um, the story moves on. This is Kim Titchener. She used to work for Wild Smart, a charity focused on bear awareness.
2: But this bear for some reason this story just keeps going. So obviously she's had she's going to have much more of a
0: legacy from what's happened
2: with her than um, than some of the other bears unfortunately.
0: Kim's work is dedicated to keeping people and wildlife safe. So following Bear 148's final months alive, it was uh, emotionally exhausting. I, I in fact I couldn't even really talk about this after Um, it, it all went down and she was shot. Even though Kim now runs a consulting company and travels around the country, people in Canmore still came to her with questions and worries about Bear 148. And uh, it was very hard to get any work done because it was phone calls and and, um, emails and
2: Facebook messages. And I remember one of the residents here calling me, just bawling her eyes out. Like, I just saw them run by. They just shot. They were shooting at her with bangers. And she's just, you know, crying. And she's like, what's going to happen to the bear? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, this is,
0: you know, this is up to wildlife management. It's hard to pinpoint exactly why Bear 148's story resonated more than other grizzly bears have. It absolutely was the first time
2: I'd ever seen that. And, and you know, that may also be, the you know, with the invention of social media. So things have changed quite a bit where we're able to get messages out more quickly to the public. Um, so I was pretty amazed by that. And and it didn't end there. We had uh, people were making Facebook pages. Individual people were getting
0: together and rallying. For
2: the love of our valley, people from Bath, people from...
0: That rally Kim is referring to is a gathering for wildlife that happened in Cammore shortly after Bear 148
3: died. Today, you care deeply, and you want to be
0: a filmmaker named Leanne Allison recorded this video at the event.
1: If you destroy nature, you're destroying yourself.
0: This is Bill Snow, a consultation manager with the Stony Nakoda Nation.
1: Ultimately, you are protecting yourself.
0: Well, uh, my biggest takeaway was to see the. The outpouring of
1: support by the non-indigenous people—you have Facebook posts, you have uh, emails and posters. You know, there's a
0: ground uh, grassroots support for for wildlife, and uh, that's that's not in every jurisdiction. That's not everywhere, but you know, it is here in the valley. I'm glad that people have, you know, are are looking at uh, Bear 148, looking at that experience and saying, yes, that's not right. And collectively, uh, those answers will come.
3: Oh, this is, this is the raven one. I did oh, posters the, of the
0: raven. Colleen the Campbell song. pulls out a poster. The first one. I'm in You're her studio, and she's showing me some of her artwork. At the time Bear 148 was shot, Colleen was in the middle of setting up a show to exhibit her work featuring grizzly bears. There was one piece in particular, a sort of family tree of Banff-born grizzlies. By then,
3: 148 had been shot so that uh, her profile changed a lot.
0: She had to grab the family tree from the gallery to update it.
3: I have a whole mix of emotions when that happens because she wasn't a trophy bear. And because she was a female, she should have been in the landscape. She should be out there just having her first cubs right now in the den. But she was relocated at a time when she would not have had a den ready. Here, she would have had a den ready. By mid to late August, she would have known where she was gonna tuck in for winter. And she got scooped. So she now she's up north. With any luck, she'd find a place to sleep and make her way if she'd lived.
0: So this particular artwork about grizzlies took on a new meaning when it was exhibited shortly after Bear 148
3: was shot. 148's story became really pivotal in terms of what my work ultimately became, because a lot of people have gone in and looked for just her in, in that long list of bears and the little bits that we know about their biographies.
0: When I talk to people who watched things unfold for Bear 148, there's a bit of a feeling of being blindsided by how quickly the final decision to translocate her happened.
3: It would have been great if there was a bit more dialogue and the decision from Edmonton wasn't so abrupt. I think people just wanted to know why. And if people knew that all those folks crossing under the tape were putting themselves at risk and creating a problem that the province perceived as serious.
0: Crossing under the tape. Here, Colleen is talking about how Alberta Environment and Parks eventually closed the area in Canmore that Bear 148 was in. But some people ignored that.
3: Well, maybe those people have to bear a little bit of responsibility for what happened to 148. It would be great if 148 was recognized as a little female wearing a collar and not a trophy animal.
2: Kim Titchener. The community was invested because it became a daily part of their life. And when you lose something and you try so hard to keep it alive,
0: it's devastating and people got angry, and there were conspiracy theories. and Things like people suggesting the story of the trophy hunter was a provincial cover-up for its own decision to euthanize the bear. And suspicions about whether or not all of the incidents between Bear 148 and People had, in fact, happened. Things that have not been proven to have any weight to them, but that, at the time, were swirling around.
2: It's not been something that people have easily moved on from, because the big thing, the question that's in everybody's minds is, can we actually live with bears? Can we have a community that's growing and more recreationists and people moving here and developing more of the land and actually have a viable grizzly bear population? And I'm not sure any of us really know the answer
0: to that. Thanks for listening to Bear 148. Coming up on the next episode.
1: That's about as tolerant a behavior as you can expect from a wild grizzly bear. uh, When your dog has just gone and done three laps around the bear barking and, and nipping at the bear.
0: Beyond the decisions officials made about Bear 148, there were little things that individuals did, both locals and visitors, that seemed to stack the odds against this bear. This podcast was created by me, Molly Siegel, with editorial support from Emma Gilchrist and Carol Linnett. Cover art for our show by Justine Wong. Bear 148 was made with the support of the Yellowstone to Yukon Conservation Initiative and the Alberta Chapter of the Canadian Parks and Wilderness Society. Hi, this is Carol Linnett. I'm one of the co-founders of the narwhal. Thanks for listening to Bear 148. We were excited about this story. It has to do with a celebrity bear that everyone loved that met an untimely death by a trophy hunter 500 kilometers from her home range. It takes a lot of time and energy and resources to tell these kinds of stories. We're asking our listeners to come forward to become members of the narwhal. Our members support us in creating independent, original and in-depth journalism about Canada's environment and they help us every single day. If you're inspired by the work that we do, please support it. Go to thenarwal.ca slash member and become a Narwhal today.